0: Coming up is a podcast brought to you by the dedicated and diverse volunteers at 3CR. Just a quick message before you get there. For the month of June, we're asking listeners to donate to the station to help keep us going. In 2023, we're asking our community to stay tuned, stay radical. We rely on the generous donations of the community to survive. Go to 3cr.org.au slash donate and show your support for community-owned and community-run media. Thanks for your support and happy listening.
1: Good day and welcome to another episode of Left After Breakfast coming to you from Melbourne, Australia broadcast from the studios of 3CR your only radio left My name is Susanna Duffy I'd like to touch on taxation in this episode and also those great institutions of our society, the churches. But let's hear first of all from the BL from the bush as he tells us about poverty payments. G'day, comrade. G'day, listener. BL from the bush calling in. open you're all
2: bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And I suppose you'll be all, uh, all worn out from all the shopping you've been doing of late, from all the... Extra folding stuff you've got in the kit from uh, Mr. Mr. Charmers, Mr. No Charm, enjoying the uh, the high life. How absolute disgusting it was. I mean, for the most vulnerable in this country, they got nothing. They got sweet FA, didn't even get enough to buy a cup of coffee a day. The old Social Security entitlements, there's been a few names for it. There was New Start, which was a lot of people on New Start used to call it No Start. Then there was Job Keeper. Well, that turned into Job Weeper. So I thought I might throw mine in and I'll be calling it poverty payments. That's what we should be calling it now. Listen up, poverty payments. Rents are through the roof. Every single time you turn the news on or something, they say, no, the prices have gone up, the rents are going up. And here, here they are. Here's this mob in Canberra, turn around and giving them $2.48 a day increase. But anyway, a bit of a, an idea of what the mob up there are, in Canberra, up there in the House of debauchery, what how, how they travel along. Some of these podlings, you know, they're, they're on a good rot. They're on, you know, I don't know, probably about 300 grand a year or something like that, around about that. Politicians get $291 a day for staying in the nation's capital. And that rate is set by the remuneration tribunal. That rate's also higher in, in capital cities. In in cases where the Commonwealth pays for the accommodation of a minister on a work trip, the MP can still claim up to $188 a night to cover meals and incidental expenses. This is in Canberra. This is just around the corner from from the house of the board. We are where they work. Similarly, if an MP stays with a family member or friend on a work trip, they may still claim a non-commercial rate of travel allowance, about $130 a day. It's better this does not include canberra where politicians may still claim the full rate even if they stay with a friend or family or an investment property love that this is an investment property that they a family member or a parliamentary colleague owns now they've gone from 188 dollars a night or and they can get the non-commercial one of 130 bucks a day In some infamous cases have highlighted politicians may also claim the cost of up to two home telephone services and can request a private plated standard vehicle. So, you know, they get the wheels for nothing. Some point out that the entitlements provided by politicians such as travel and meal allowances exist in workplaces outside Parliament and that such expenses can otherwise be claimed by other workers as a tax deduction. Yeah, well, that's okay if, if you're up there and earning the big quid, but if you're on the dole, if you're on the poverty payment, everything comes out of you, you get no expenses. You're all, all everything you gotta pay for. It gets better. When they leave Canberra and, and go to the city, come down to Melbourne or, you know, they go to Sydney or somewhere, you know, just happens on a you know like work related, of course. It's all work related just happens to fall on the day that there's a pretty big football match, soccer match or cricket match or something of of importance that they just happen to be around at the time. Well, they can claim they stay the night, you know, they're looking for a dos house, put the nose bag on somewhere. They can claim $415 a night plus expenses, put their head down somewhere and I guarantee you where they're putting their head down, it ain't ain't, ain't the Salvos fucking dos house, that's for sure. And 415 bucks a night, meals and expenses. So that's not bad, is it? And these these are the very same people that sit around a table and look at one another and say, these people on, on the poverty payments, we better sling them a quid here. We'll give them uh, $2.48 a day extra. You know, they'll keep them quiet while they're getting $415 a night. That's not even, you know, 415 bucks a night. Yeah, They don't even get that for a week on the poverty payment. It's pretty disgusting, it really is, and considering that they even say, well, the money's a bit tight, and even though they made a surplus, money's a bit tight and all the rest of it. Yeah, well, it may be in some circumstances, but it doesn't seem to stop them from spending, spending big. There was that story the other day, they got some old retired septic tank out here from naval bloke, and they were paying seven grand a day to tell us how to blow up things. That's just one example of uh, where there's just endless, endless money to be spent, and yet the country's most vulnerable getting nothing, you know, just getting nothing but a slap in the face. And the very same people, these are the people that, given given the chance, given a decent run, and they think they will, like, get out there, they will work and they will generate it. For some reason, they just do not want to uh, give them that opportunity. So I'm pretty annoyed or pretty pissed off about, about this whole, whole thing Old Albo gets up down and he says, Oh, yeah, rah, rah. He said, Don't want to be left behind. I tell you what, it ain't to be in the blue or ain't to be in the, in the trenches with him if he reckons no one was going to get left behind. Geez, hey, <laughs> how would you be? He's standing there whistling all by your lonesome. All you'd see is back of him for dust. But anyway, that's probably about enough for me today. Just wanted to do a bit of a vent about this bloody uh, attitude towards the people on the uh, poverty payment. They're the most vulnerable in our country. So that'll do me, listener. I'll go out in the same old way, dare to struggle, dare to win. If you don't fight, you'll lose. Good morning from left after breakfast. The only show left.
1: Three Taxation. The idea of taxes really seems to befuddle a lot of people. Many people have a strange view on the actual idea of taxation, on the aim of taxation. What's it for and how do we get out of paying it? If we want decent public services and a caring society, we have to be prepared to raise more revenue. Even if we increase total tax revenue by as much as 4% of the GDP, we would still be less heavily taxed. Than the oecd average of course it's understandable why labor is cautious about tax reform the attempts of previous labor governments to introduce a super profits tax for resource companies and a carbon tax led to them losing office the problem is that debate about taxations always starts from the premise that lower taxation is the obvious goal and of course the overriding priority And the purpose of taxation, to pay for essential public services, was ignored. It's like people don't seem to appreciate that in opposing higher taxation, they're opposing adequate provision of health, education and so much else. I wonder when Australian society can move on from that. But I suppose some people don't really care they figure if they've got enough money, well, they're all right, Jack, and you can go and jump off a cliff. Now, you probably know someone who slightly altered a figure on a tax return. Maybe you did the same. A few dollars here and there couldn't make much difference overall, but it could make a difference to you. I won't discuss morality, especially on air. But some of the fattest cats are wallowing in the cream. But how do big corporations get so much of that cream? Easy. They hire a tax consultancy firm. Let's have a look at a company formerly known as Price Waterhouse Coopers. Now it's just PWC. Who knows why? Who cares? In 2014, Peter Collins, the then senior tax partner at PWC, shared confidential tax information about a federal government initiative to clamp down on multinational tax avoidance. At the time, the then-treasurer Joe Hockey had pledged to tip the scales against all tax avoiders, but in particular, major tech companies, and he had tasked Treasury to come up with a new tax regime. Now, Peter Collins, the then-senior tax partner at PwC, was on the task force set by Treasury. Collins immediately shared what he knew with his senior partners, and of course, PwC immediately began hawking strategies to the biggest names in the business on how best to navigate around the new laws. At least 57 firms were approached, and they hired PwC consultancies. I mean, why not hire someone who knows what the government's going to do next month? But why was a senior partner in a tax consultancy business working with a committee which was going to stop tax avoidance? That's putting Count Dracula in charge of the blood bank. For decades, Australian governments have been winding back the public service, and this is all in the interests of efficiency. Increasingly, the roles and tasks once undertaken by departmental officers have been outsourced to private enterprise. According to an audit released just a fortnight ago by the federal government, in its final year, the Morrison government spent $20.8 billion on external advisors. $28.8 billion on external advisors. That's a lot of advisors and a lot of money, because I don't have the public servants to do the work. Yes, it could be considered appropriate for government departments and government enterprises to seek outside expertise on special tasks. This practice, of course, opens the door to conflicts. So we have outsiders formulating policy while on temporary secondment from the financial sector working on a task force, about the financial sector. Golly! 3CR. But let's move on. Now, guess how much money the combined churches in Australia make every year? While you're putting your mind to guessing the amount of money that the churches rake in annually, let's raise our spirits higher by thinking of the reason behind these churches.
3: I got my placerd My God.
1: How much money do the combined churches in Australia make in one year? Well, it's a big truckload of cash, listener. Between 35 billion and 40 billion every year. And their wealth grows every year. That's a pretty amazing amount of money. And if you're astounded by this figure, well, I certainly am too. The average Australian thinks most or all churches are close to broke. That's a misconception, an all-too-common misconception. You just don't stop to think about the extent of all the real estate and financial investments held by traditional religious institutions in Australia. The Catholic Church rakes in somewhere about $20 each year i'm talking billion listener not million the total wealth of the sydney catholic archdiocese alone is 1.3 billion the sydney anglican church owns half of glebe all of the best foreshore on port hacking and a swag of prime sydney real estate these religions don't make money from the sunday collection plate anymore that's just small change These carefully managed institutions are earning significant interest from investments gleaned from the estates of the faithful dying who left their wealth to the church. Churches are landlords and investment managers, and everything they make is tax-free. Church income is earned and received absolutely free of tax, thanks to an old law we inherited from the English. You see, the pursuit of religion was always considered a charitable purpose and therefore, exempt from tax. Today, we have the Charities Act, which deems religion to be a charitable purpose and therefore, tax exempt. Churches don't have to prove that religion is for the public benefit, we're just supposed to accept it. And because of this, between 35 billion and 40 billion of church money goes untaxed. Each and every year, just imagine what we could do with a tax on that much money.
3: Throughout the month of June, we'll be asking you, the listener, to support radical
0: community-owned media during our Radiothon. We'll be taking donations online, over the phone and in the station to help keep 3CR going for another year. Fierce,
3: independent community media is vital and we need your support to keep radical voices and issues
0: on the airwaves. The 3CR Radiothon kicks off in June. To donate,
2: go to 3cr.org.au Call the station on 03 9419 8377
0: or drop in at 21 Smith Street Fitzroy during business hours. 3CR, stay tuned, stay radical.
4: Get down on your knees, fiddle with your rosaries, bow your head with great respect and genuflect, genuflect, genuflect. Do whatever steps you want, if you have cleared them with the pontiff, everybody say his own Kyrie Elea's own, doing the Vatican right. processional. Step into that small confessional. They're the guy who's got religion. I'll tell you if your sin's original. If it is, try playing it safer. Drink the wine and chew the wafer. Two, four, six, eight. Time to transubstantiate us. So get down upon your knees. Fiddle with your rosaries. Bow your head with great respect and Flag, genu flex, genu flex Make a cross on your abdomen when in Rome, do it like a Roman Ave Maria. Gee, it's good to see you Getting ecstatic and sort of dramatic matigana do in the Matigana
1: Yep. So this means Australia is missing out on about ten billion dollars a year from those unpaid taxes from the churches. It's not just corporate tax, but income tax, GST, payroll tax, council rates, land tax, state government taxes, and local council taxes. Churches are run as corporations with investments in real estate, private hospitals, preschools, aged care facilities, insurance companies, and private commercial enterprise. Just consider sanitarium. That's owned by the Seventh-day Adventist Church. You know them, the Seventh-day Adventists. The people who knock on your front door. Sanitarium makes about a billion dollars a year in profit, yet pays no taxes. It's a church. Now, Wheatbix doesn't really pass the pump test. Churches such as Hillsong and the Church of Scientology are clearly money-making ventures and they operate more as entertainment organisations than churches, but they still pay no taxes. Gone are the days when the parish church was the centre of the community and local priests lived frugal lifestyles. More and more people are moving away from the churches and it no longer serves the purpose it once did. Instead, it operates as a giant money-making venture and on a global scale. It's a multinational corporation. Millions of dollars are spent on defending employees from criminal charges to protect the church's reputation. Not only do they enjoy a tax-free status, but governments give churches hundreds of millions a year in handouts. The same governments which cut back on social security payments and other government programs which would help the marginalised and the struggling. And don't forget the thousands of priests who received JobKeeper payments.
0: 3CR's annual Radiathon fundraiser launches in June.
3: We need your financial support to be independent, community-controlled and focused on people rather than
2: profits.
1: And just keep this in mind, listener. At the last census, 47%, that's fewer than half of Australians, identified as religious. In 1971, it was 85.6%. All I can say is, the massively excessive wealth of religious organisations is as big a scandal as their pedophilia and needs to be completely exposed. Their wealth is not God-given. Religious organizations are tax-except and are subsidized by us. They pay no tax on their incomes and tithes, donations, requests, investments, and trade. I call it legal corruption. The use of public money, taxation, for a private purpose, religion. And I leave you with a song dedicated to the bagman, who's not feeling one hundred percent at the moment. He'll be back on his feet in no time at all. The man is incredible. But I'll see you around next week. Same time, same place. And until then, Cheerio and ciao. For US at left after breakfast.
3: It's a big job getting by with nine kids and a wife. If yeah, I've been a working man, dang there all my life, and I'll keep on working. As long as my two hands have been to use, I'll drink a little beer that evening and sing a little bit of his work man blues. Well, I keep my nose on the grindstone, work hard every day. I might get a little tired on the weekend after I draw the pay, but I go back working. Come Monday morning, I'm right back with a crew. I drink a little beer that evening and sing a little bit of this work in Man Blue. man And admit to use He might drink a little bit that evening and sing a little bit of his work in Man blues Thank you very much.
0: You've been listening to a podcast produced at 3CR Community Radio. It's Radiothon time. This is where we ask you, the listener, to stay tuned, stay radical. This year, we need to raise $275,000 to keep the station going. Any amount you can afford makes a big difference. It's so easy to donate. Head to 3cr.org.au slash donate. We rely on the community support, so please be sure to donate and stay tuned, stay radical in 2023. Thanks for listening.